Today we're going to be talking on, it's just going to be kind of a, uh, in a sense that we're not starting a new series. We have an exciting month uh, before us. Today we'll, um, it's just exciting. That's what today is. Uh, next Sunday is launching Community Life and uh, the community groups and discipleship ministries, all the things we have going on in the fall. So you're going to be hearing from different people just sharing of what God, how God has used uh, community to, to speak to them and to speak through them. The following Sunday, we have Charlie Sweet coming. And so we're going to have a time of prophetic ministry. And Sunday night will be an open heavens uh, ministry night. Encourage you all to come out for that. The following Sunday, I'm counting right, is we're going to be sending out, hearing from Isaac. He's going to be giving his last message as a resident of Vancouver. Now, he's going to come back at some point, and he's going to share, but um, Isaac's going to be giving his last message and just kind of charging us as sent ones, and we're going to be praying over the McKinley family and sending them out, and it's going to be, come on. It's going to be bittersweet, and we're going to be sad, but we're also going to be excited. And how can those two, uh, how can you live in the tension of it? Show up on the, that last Sunday of the month, and you'll feel what it feels like to live in the tension of those two. And then the following Sunday, we have a pastor from Africa that's going to be with us. And so we got some exciting things going on. Uh, but today, just talking about being led by peace. How many of you could use a little more peace in your life? If you're like me, use a little more peace in your life. And we want to be led by peace. This is something that... um, So this message isn't really part of a series that's going to be a couple weeks, but it is part of a series of something we're going to keep coming back to this. Uh, Kind of like the the one another's. We've, We've spoken on that a lot. Just the importance, how much through the New Testament it talks about the way we treat one another. And if you ever want to just look it up and just look for all the areas in the New Testament where it talks about one another and then compare to kind of how, how we treat one another, you'll realize that we have a lot of growth opportunities um, in us, but also being led by peace. And with this are kind of four questions we're going to look at. Uh, the first one, what is God saying? So, well, we'll get to that. The second one is who is it for? The third, when is it for? And then the fourth, how are you supposed to do it? Now, some examples of this is um, as a church where we believe that God is still speaking, that the gifts of the Spirit weren't just something for a long time ago, uh, just for a select few people. It's also not just for some uh, a couple special people for today, but the gifts is something that he wants to put through every single one of us. Say me. God wants to work through you. Now you can say, ah, you don't, you don't know about my past, or you don't know uh, about this issue in my life, or you don't know that I'm, I'm scared to get up in front of people, or you don't know that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert, or whatever it might be. He doesn't care. He knows exactly who you are because he designed you. He made you. And he wants to work through you Because there's a very specific, special group of people that you get to reach that say, I don't get to reach. Or point to someone around you and say, and you don't get to reach. Because God has called you to reach some people that no one else can reach. But what happens many times is we get the what. 
And we get so excited that we heard the voice of God. We get so excited that, that, oh, I got some direction. That we, in a way, we end up saying, thank you, God. I'll take it from here. And we end up running with it. Um, I only got a couple kids in the room, so I'll be okay. But sometimes, like, I'll go to tell one of my, our, our kids, like, to go do something. And I'll get, like, the first phrase out. And they'll be like, got it. And they go run and do it, and they come back and act like they're done. I'm like, you didn't even do what I asked, because I didn't even get to finish talking. <laughs> and then they're bothered, and I'm bothered. And now they're bothered that I'm bothered. But we're the same way with God, where many times he'll give us the what... And what we don't do or we struggle to do is to actually slow down. So we heard what he was saying, but who's it for? Who's it for? And to really think through that and be patient to then wait for that one. When is it for? Just just because I get something right now doesn't mean it's for today. It might be something that he's just making me aware of that's going to end up happening a while down, maybe even a couple years down the road. No, no, that can't be. Why would God speak to you prophetically or give you a dream or give you insight on something he's not going to do instantaneous? Maybe he wants it to be something that we pray into. Something he wants to end up building up inside of us. So when is it for? And how are we supposed to do it? There is a lot in the how. I don't know how many of you have maybe, you know, through your life, you've had somebody, whether it's in the church, out of the church. And so in the church, it could be someone maybe comes up and gives you a word or they, they, they want to encourage you. Um, but their encouragement, anybody here ever been encouraged, whether in the church, out of the church? Yeah, you've been encouraged. Okay, good for you guys. We appreciate you. I haven't had that. But... You've been, someone came to encourage you, but actually what they said was really discouraging. And it wasn't so much what they said, it's how they said it. Anybody ever gone through that? So the how matters. I realize that all the time. I, Tamar and I were just talking about this sometime this weekend-ish. Just how um, I have a tendency to want to raise my voice to just show that I'm serious about what I'm saying. Any of you like that? Now, it is not yelling. I'm just, I'm just turning it to the serious dial. Just because I just want whoever I'm talking to to know that this wasn't just a random thought, but I, I, I'm passionate about it. The issue lies in the fact that that is not what the receiver gets. What the receiver gets is intensity. My, my kids call it my scary eyes. <laughs> they, my scary voice. Or, you know, all these things. Now, it's not, I don't understand what's so scary about it. When I think my eyebrows, like, come together and there's a lot of creases between them. And they kind of come down low. That's just, if I'm talking to you and I'm actually thinking about what you're saying, that's what I do. But I look ticked off. And when I'm serious and passionate about what I'm saying, my voice just escalates, and I like things loud. 
I like things really loud. Like I love having, like we'll be sitting in the car and I'll be trying to talk to the kids in the back. And we have a lot of different rows, you know, that my voice has to carry through. But I'll have the music still on full bore because I just think it's great. But the how matters. Okay, so what our face looks like, the tone of our voice. So what we want to be is where we're led by peace, because which what's the opposite is being led by fear, being led by anxiety, being led by these other things, which means what we normally don't do. We don't slow down and have the patience to then ask God those other questions. Um, I'm sure many of us, I won't have you raise your hand for this one, but uh where you've maybe heard God tell you something and then you ran and did it and then it, it failed. Actually, no, that'd be a fun one. Anybody ever do that? You, you felt like you heard God and, and, and then you were kind of frustrated because it's like, I thought I was being obedient. I thought I was doing what you told me to do. And in a way, you kind of-ish were, but we didn't slow down to say, Lord, when is this for? He maybe gave you a business idea And you just went and launched it without slowing down and like, God, where do you want me to start this business? When do you want me to start this business? Why do you want me to start this business? How do you want me to start this business? And we go out and just do it and we begin to walk in our own. So, okay. So as followers of Christ, it's not just enough for us to hear what God says and then just run with it. We have to slow down with patience And make sure that we continue listening. Because there's usually a lot more to what he's saying than that one thing. Okay, we're going to look at 1 Chronicles chapter 13. And uh, I don't know how many of you guys saw the video on the realm yesterday, but it was just to help you. Anybody here, you're not the best at um, flicking through the Bible. And sometimes you get a tad bit confused with where a book is in the Bible and it makes it a little kind of embarrassing if you're in a group flicking through the pages. Anybody like me? I got my hand up for real. This isn't just me like trying to show you this is what I mean by raising your hand. So I just wanted to make sure you knew where it was. Also, I want to let you know there is no shame whatsoever of going to the front to the table of contents being like First Chronicles, First Chronicles page 352 and then looking for that no shame you do it you know what God isn't looking down on you and upset with that he's just glad you opened this thing up okay so here we go we're reading in uh, first chronicles chapter 13 and I'm reading out the new living and if you raised your hand for one of the bibles you got that says, David consulted with all his officials, including the generals and captains of his army. Then he addressed the entire assembly of Israel as follows. If you approve, and if it is the will of the Lord our God, let us send messages to all the Israelites throughout the land, including the priests and the Levites in their towns, in their pasture lands. Let us invite them to come and join us. It is time to bring back the ark of God. For we neglected it during the reign of Saul. How many of you would say, great idea? Come on. I mean, he is, it's been neglected. It was taken away. It's been ignored. We want to bring back the presence of God. We want to bring it back and saying, come on, let's do this. Let's get everybody involved. The whole assembly agreed to this. 
For the people could see it was the right thing to do. So David summoned all Israel from the uh, Sihor Brook of Egypt in the south all the way. See, God even wants to use me, even though I can't pronounce words. To the town of Labo Hamath to the north to join in bringing the ark of God from, oh my gosh, this one. The big K town. Then David and all Israel went to Bela of Judah, also called Big K, to bring back the ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord who is enthroned between the cherubim. They placed the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from um, Abinadab's house in U- and Uzzah and Ahio were guiding the cart. So they put it on a new cart. It was, it was all fancy. It was pretty. It was ready to go. They got people there guiding it along. David and all Israel were celebrating before God with all their might, singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments. Lyres, harps, tambourines, cymbals, and trumpets. Uh, real quick little survey here. How many, and I'm, how many of you were like a tambourine player in church at some point? Anybody? Any tambourine players? Come on. There had to have been more than that. Okay? How many of you were tambourine players and you actually had streamers coming off your tambourine? Anybody? Seriously? I was thinking there was a lot more. The church I grew up in, those things were active. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacum, the oxen stumbled And Uzzah reached out his hand to steady the ark. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him dead because he had laid his hand on the ark. So Uzzah died there in the presence of God. David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzzah. He named the place Perez Uzzah, which means to burst out against Uzzah, as it is still called today. David was now afraid of God, and he asked, How can I ever bring the ark of God back into my care? Excellent question. So David did not move the ark into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obadiah and Gath. And the ark of God remained there in Obadiah's house for three months. And the Lord blessed the household of Obadiah and everything he owned. So this is also found in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. And in those two, they kind of parallel with each other. So going into like a little history here. So you have the ark. Uh, three main names that are used for the ark. You have the ark of God, the ark of covenant, and the ark of testimony. And in it were three, three items. You had the, the tablets that God carved with his own hand the Ten Commandments. Many times we look at those as just tablets of rules, tablets of guidelines, tablets of, oh, you're trying to take all the fun out of our life. But no, these were guidelines. These were things to help us actually thrive. Because when we go too far in our own way and we start doing things in our own strength and going by our own selfish desires, destruction follows. When we stay within the parameters of what God sets up for us, even though maybe at some point it can feel a little constraining, life flourishes. 
joy comes about. Peace comes about. So the Ten Commandments were in there. There was a pot of manna. Manna represented the provision of God. That as the Israelites wandered in a desert. How many of you have ever like lived in the desert? There's, there's not much food that grows. There's not a lot of water. There's not a lot of food that's growing there. These are thousands and thousands of people out in the desert. But God's provision was to bring manna to his people. And to say, I'm leading you. And if you follow where I'm leading, I will provide for you. He does the same thing for you and I. And when we follow his leading, he provides for us. And that can be, whether it be food, that can be friendships, that can be uh, uh, financial provision. It can be, he, it's him providing for our needs. So there was the pot of manna. And then there was also Aaron's rod that budded. So there was a time where, uh, uh, you know, they would have their rod and their staff, which kind of symbolized the form of leadership. And Aaron is the priest. And there was a group of people. It was kind of like one of the first church splits. A, a group of uh, people got a little upset. Like, why is Aaron the leader? And why is, you know, why is he the one? And so they kind of start a little bit of a rebellion, start talking to other people, and the group kind of grows a little bit. And um, so they decide that they're going to take these, these different staffs, and they're going to put them uh, in the tent, and then, and then they're going to see what takes place. And they all had the tribe, they, it was written on, on the staff, so they knew which one was which. And they come back, and Aaron's not only had just had like a little leaf come out, but it had all the stages of growth. It, 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 it had the leaf. It also had the fruit and everything was there. And it was God saying, no, I am, I am with him. This is who I have chosen. So all three of these things symbolize God's presence, God's intervention, God's blessing, God's involvement it all, they all symbolize things that went outside of just man's control. So that was in the ark. And the ark uh, represented the presence of God. And so there's some very clear guidelines with the ark and what should and shouldn't be done. So in, in the history of it, in Exodus chapter 25, uh, verses uh, 10 through 22, if you want to look these up this week and kind of read through it. So again, Exodus 25, 10 through 22, were the instructions in how to build the ark. God was a, he, he is a God of details. You look back at how he gave instructions. I mean, they are specific. I mean, so specific in exactly how it was to be done. In Exodus 37, 1 through 9, you see them building the ark. In Numbers 9, or I mean, uh, sorry, 7, verse 89, talks about how Moses would go in and he would hear the voice of God coming from the center of the ark. That's where he met with God. He had conversations with God. It took place there. In Numbers chapter 10, verse 33 through 36, you see that the ark led the way. When they would get up to leave, the ark would go. And they would say, you know, to all the people, when you see the ark start moving, it is time to go. And it's time to get up and we're going to continue on this journey following the presence of God. In 1 Samuel 
chapter 4, verse 3. I'll read that here. You see that they kind of use the ark as a good luck charm. Anybody here, we, uh, you ever get kind of caught in a, let's call it a pickle? And you instantly remember, okay, I've done everything I possibly can. I need a call upon God. But then you kind of realize, I haven't read my Bible lately. I haven't prayed in a long time. I haven't really been worshiping much. Um, I haven't really been going to church that often. Like, I, I haven't done those things. So you kind of feel guilty. And so then it's kind of like, oh, but, but I, just, I just need a call upon him. And I, I just need him to come through for me real quick. Anybody ever done that? Okay. So in 1 Samuel chapter 4, it says, At that time Israel was at war with the Philistines. The Israelite army was camped near Ebenezer. And the Philistines were at uh, Aphek. And the Philistines attacked and defeated the army of Israel, killing 4,000 men. After the battle was over, the troops retreated to their camp. And the elders of Israel asked, Why did the Lord allow us to be defeated by the Philistines? Then they said, let's bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to Shiloh, um, from Shiloh. If we carry it into battle with us, it will save us from our enemies. So they had seen where if they took the Ark before them, how God did miraculous things. But here, they, it wasn't God instructing them to bring the Ark. They were at a place and they got defeated. So they're like, well, let's just, let's just grab this. Maybe this will help us win. They weren't seeking God for his wisdom. They just went and did it. From that, the ark gets taken by the Philistines. So the Philistines take it to the, in um, 1 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1 through 12. They take it to the temple of Dagon. They put it in there, thinking, okay, we got this ark, we'll put it in there. There's a large statue of Dagon there. And the next day they come in and the statue's fallen down almost bowing down in front of the ark. So they put it back up. Like, okay, let's just prop up this big rock statue. It's never fallen, but whatever. I'm sure it's fine. It has nothing to do with the ark. The next day they go in, it's fallen again, and the head's broken off, the arms are broken off. So they kind of start getting a little like, huh, what's going on here? This has never happened. Then there starts being plagues and, and uh, there starts being sickness that's going around. And so they start realizing that the ark and they want to get rid of it. So they, they talk about it and they want to bring it back to Israel. So in 1 Samuel chapter 6 verse 1 through chapter 7 verse 2, they send it back. Because they're just like, we got to get this out of our country. We got to get rid of it. it. It's bringing about all these bad things. So that brings us to 1 Chronicles chapter 13, for David wants it back, which is a good thing. But the problem is, he moved it the same way the Philistines moved it. When you, when you go back and you read some of these chapters, and I encourage you to do that, is to dig in, to not just listen to what we say on a Sunday and like, oh, yeah, neat little thought. No, this is, we all want to study the word of God, that it comes alive in every single one of us. But what they did is they, he moved it. How many of you agree that it was a good thing David was wanting to do by bringing the ark back? Saying we want the presence of God back in Israel. We want to bring it where we can worship God in that way and where we aren't running away from, from what God has called us to do. And so he brings it back. But the way he tried to do it was the same way the Philistines had moved it. 
And he didn't look at the way God had commanded them to move it. The way they were supposed to carry it. The way they were supposed to respect it and care for it. And then in 1 Chronicles chapter 15 and 16, we have what I call the great redo. And he redoes the whole thing. He seeks God. He goes back and he, he moves it again in a different way. So what's this have to do with us today? That David, he got a what? To move the Ark of the Covenant back. But what he, then he also, he did, he consulted some people, which is good. Multitude of counsel. We all need to have other people in our life to give us advice. But he didn't consult God. He'd say, Lord, how should I bring the Ark back? When should I bring the Ark back? In what way? And, and consulted that. And you and I can be the same way where God gives us something and we don't. And maybe we go ask some, some Christian friends. But you know what? Me asking Isaac what he thinks about something God told me is not the same as me going to God. Me going and asking Bob, hey, you know, here's, here's what God's saying what, to me. What do you think? It's great to have multitude of counsel. But are we going to God and saying, Lord, direct me, guide me. I want to hear your voice. But beyond just hearing the what, I want to know how to walk. I want to know in what way I should walk. Help me see even why you're, you want me to go talk to this, this person or why you want me to pray for this person. Skylar, if you want to come up. My hope is that you and I are led by peace. And we find peace when we put our trust in God. And we find peace when we let go of our own strength, we let go of our own predetermined ideas, our own paradigms. And we look to God and we say, I want to hear from you. I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. So I asked Skylar, we're not going to sing a song right now in closing, but just that, just for us to have a time of prayer, and that each one of us would take a couple minutes and just ask God, Lord, what is it that you're trying to speak to me where I've maybe heard the what, but I rushed out a little too quick and I didn't wait for you to tell me how. I didn't wait for you to tell me when. What is it that maybe it's a good thing? The idea is good, just like David to bring back the ark. It was a good thing. But the way he went about it wasn't right way he went about it wasn't seeking guidance from God just that we would open ourselves up and say Lord I don't want to I don't want to do what I'm doing in vain I don't want to do it in my own strength if I'm gonna if I'm gonna step out of the boat and actually believe in what you're calling me to God I want you with me but I don't just want your blessing like the way they they brought the ark into the battle what they were looking for there was a win they brought the ark with them so that they could win the battle, not because they wanted the will of God. And there's a difference. 
between trying to bring God along so I can get my way and so things go the way I want it to go. There's a difference from that in me saying, oh no, I'm going to pause. Lord, what are you trying to show me during this time of trial? God, while my finances are going crazy and and it just seems like things are falling apart, what are you trying to show me? Lord, during this time where my health and it just seems like it's just not getting better. I believe you're the God of miracles and I'm, I'm just not seeing it. Lord, what do you want me to see? That we call upon him. So just where you're at, just let's each just take a minute and just ask God, Lord, what are you trying to show me? Reveal to me what is it where I have the what, but I've run off too quick without waiting for the other information, Lord, you want to give me.